0: This podcast is by G. Wayne Miller for the Providence Journal. Breast cancer, you know, obviously the incidence—it's the—it's the leading cause of cancer, and in, in, uh, not the cause of death from cancer in, in women, but it's leading. Leading breast cancer is the number one cancer in women. Certainly, it's a—it's a high incidence, but low death rate, which is what is so wonderful about early detection. And the one thing about Rhode Island is that we are a very um, capturable audience in terms of reaching out and, and getting patients to be, or people in general, women to be aware of the need for screening and self-awareness and managing their health in terms of breast because it's so curable. The breast cancer that we see in this state is generally low grade and, uh, excuse me, low stages, a sta- uh, tumor sizes under two centimeters because we do so much screening. And that allows us to find you know, the earlier breast cancers, which are completely curable. We, we can't say that every patient is cured. And when patients say, so now you've taken my tumor out, does that mean that I'll never get breast cancer again? I can't say that, but the likelihood of your dying from this breast cancer is very small. So I think being able to to lose the fear and keep the monitoring going is very important. One of the things that we saw through COVID, obviously, we were shut down. People were were afraid and and really asked not to go out to get their screening, not to to pay attention to their other health issues. And and that, thankfully, we have lifted those type of restrictions and really are encouraging patients now to get their their screening, do their self-awareness, see their doctors, get examinations, because we have seen some more advanced breast cancers coming through even after um, a couple of months of, of not having that kind of sharp awareness and dedication to, to the, the patient's own health. And that, that is something that's, you know, avoidable. I have been here 26 full years. We started our 27th year in August and i have put together this breast program over those 26 years and and it's been extremely exciting and that's where the lucia and and jen picture comes in because as you know the mother is now almost 20 years out the anniversary is coming up and what we've accomplished in in the lifespan um, Lifespan Cancer Institute, which is what it is now, but where it was 20 years ago and where it is now is is just tremendously improved. And and Lifespan have supported that. In the last 10 years, we've had a, a great deal of support, which allowed me, it'll be f- in February, seven years since we put the multidisciplinary clinic together. In the past, when it was Lucia's turn to have breast cancer, it was um, you saw me in the office, and I did a, a long consult. I talked about the surgical options, but also talked about what was the cancer about. I talked about genetics even 20 years ago. We talked about medical and radiation oncology, and then I would have them meet with those uh, those physicians, the other part of the oncologic team, and then we would have a tumor board, and. Seven years ago, we were allowed to meet all together, and I put together a multidisciplinary clinic that has all modalities there. Medical, radiation, and surgical oncology meet them on the same day. We have geneticists there in a tumor board that's embedded in the actual morning meeting. So they come in on a Wednesday morning for me, and they leave by noon. Having seen all three oncologists, they'll see a physical therapist that will measure their arm and do teaching regarding lymphedema, and its potentials and mechanisms to re- to reduce the incidence. They are given appointments for genetics. They are often seen the same day for additional imaging. So it's a really comprehensive uh, program. And the I think the key for our program is this is Rhode Island. We're small. People want to be um, they they want to be decentralized. They want to be able to, to go where they live and and we have been able to get everybody in one place at the same time so that there's not so much moving around and the time the time compression that it's created has been amazing as well. But I think the other thing is, is that many of us has been, have been working for for not as long as I have uh, in this program, but have a a sincere dedication to these patients getting through. And I think that comes through, Um, you know, many people come to our, our, multidisciplinary clinic as a second opinion and stay, they'll go off to Boston. As a matter of fact, I remember about Lucia saying Jen went up because she was so young to Boston to get a second opinion. And they came back and said, Oh my, Dr. Graves, I mean, they're offering the same thing and you are so much more, comprehensive and warm and and we feel that you're going to take care of us in a way that that is personalized to us and and I think that not only do we have the knowledge and the skills and the 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 research availability but we also have that close-knit Rhode Island uh, sense of you know taking care of our own people in a very very personal manner so and that's what Jen got, because when she had her breast cancer, we had the multidisciplinary clinic up and running, and she and her mom came to the clinic, and, and Lucia realized that it is at the time of her cancer, she was afraid to be in this quote-unquote big institution, but now realizes that that's that close-knit nature that we have is what makes it so powerful. So really, the stories of, of the Cornwells sort of encapsulate the history of of the program, your work, and advances in cancer treatment. That would be sort of my view here. Am I- yeah, it's definitely showing um, the... I'd say advancements too, because one of the things I tell patients is that breast cancer is one of the most researched uh, disease processes, and what we do is so logically progression, a progression of logical research studies that are, you know, national and international studies and local studies that are all, all performed in order to continue to narrow down exactly what we need to do for you and and personalized medicines like genomics, Oncotype DX, things that help the patient have the treatment that's specific for them. And that over my 40-year career has been from the beginning of when breast cancer began its research endeavors to now has shown an amazing change in the way we take care of patients, but also in in the specific personalized care, not only personalized just, you know, in you to me, but also in exactly what does your cancer do and how does it behave and how can we treat it differently? So research has been always a mainstay for us and can continue continues to be and I make it clear to the patient that you are not a guinea pig. You are part of the process that continues to advance the care that we give to our patients. And and so that when, you know, Jen's daughter, if God forbid, should get breast cancer, then, you know, we will be light years ahead with that many more decades of research under our belt that says, oh, you know, it's it's sort of, we, we don't really have to do anything for this kind of tumor. We can just watch it like, you know, Uh, like prostate cancer, we're just going to monitor this. And that's actually where we're at with ductal carcinoma in situ studies that look at uh, ductal carcinoma in situ up to five centimeters and just monitoring it for progression because many of them will never progress. I mean, it's kind of a frightening thought, but that's, you know, those are the sort of that's the sort of progress that we've made over these 40 years. But in, in the 26 years that I've been here, a great deal of that activity has happened. And it's, and it's gone from people that feel they need to go to Boston um, to absolutely not state-of-the-art care, personalized care, and a um, great deal of research and endeavor and multidisciplinary effort goes into their, into their care. I mean, they, they definitely feel loved, but also taken care of in a mechanism that is highly, highly, um, you know, research-directed, data-directed care that's being given to them. What advice or guidance would you have for the general public uh, during this month in terms of of awareness, in terms of self-monitoring, in terms of paying attention to changes in your body? I think self-awareness and maintaining your all, all of your health care needs, um, and I, and actually just given an interview for Gloria Gemma on video in a nice pink dress. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> and to the effects that you know, COVID COVID is a, a real deal and it can hurt us. But our our breast cancer diagnoses and our other medical illnesses, if left unchecked. Are they are are even more immediate threats? So particularly this, during this period of time when we are being so cautious and and trying to avoid um, unnecessary interactions, medical our our medical conditions are not unnecessary actions. You you are are absolutely encouraged to get your mammogram, even screening mammograms. Now at this time, the 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 uh, facilities are run so so carefully with such great detail to avoid um, any sort of transmission of disease and it's important that those continue because the downstream potential effect of patients missing even a year of because often what happens is you you miss it on the month that you were supposed to get it and then 6 months later you're like oh well it's already 6 months later so I'll I'll go to next year and a year's delay can can advance a stage and then that can can reduce your your good outcomes so I encourage them to keep up their screening, their physician's appointments, and also self-awareness. Don't ignore the lump. I'm, I'm encouraging patients to, when they are aware, even with what I call casual inspection, many people don't do breast self-examination because the family, the, the college of family medicine is actually discouraging breast self-examinations because it, it, it finds too many false positives. Now, and, and that... You know, to a certain extent, I when patients ask me that, I say, well, don't put your head in the sand. If the rock in Gibraltar is hanging off your breast, please bring that to somebody's attention. And so even just casual inspection as you're washing, you know, just some sense of, is this normal? And if it's not, don't go two months to determine if it's normal or if it's going to go away, but bring that to your doctor's attention. I mean, it's it's critical that patients, our people, the our, our state of Rhode Island continues to 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 monitor their health and and take care of their health. COVID is one component that is serious but you have to not ignore the remainder of your health issues because those will hurt you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left